Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. I'm delighted, I've been la-di-da-din Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top Man, these boys, they be potting I trust them like a lot And they told me that I get it Guess what? I got it You should do it too You will never lose If you ever do Must have been a ruse Ricky, that's my dude Stoops are super cool Sharks up in the pool I've been sparking up my tools I've been looking to win Spend a little again I've been for spittle to them I got I riddled again I told them stop clowning around They said what goes up comes down I said I'm down with the sickness My team stay ill now come get this I'm just so dead with delight I stay ready tonight Deep dive, we rise That's the medley, alright David Delight David Delight Da-da-da, da-da-da Da-da, David Delight Hey Welcome to another episode of the Debbie Delight brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Blair. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with our versus battle. We've got a fun one for you guys today. Alabama receivers, Devontae Smith versus Jalen Waddle. This is a hot topic across the entire draft circle, Debbie circle, fantasy football circle, rookie circle. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Stoops. How are you today, bud? Doing great. This, this one... It's going to be pretty exciting to really dive in a little bit deeper. It was exciting to dive in a little bit deeper. Um, kind of looking at numbers as a whole, playing styles, kind of what happened. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see where we go. As always, we never really talk about um, what we are going to talk about on, on the on the week show. So, um, obviously, like last week we did the – Carter versus Williams, and we kind of already had a preconceived notion of our thoughts on that. This was really the first time that I really dug in deep to Smith, and um, I, I, you know, I am a Waddle like massive supporter. We both are. We both like Waddle a whole lot. So for me, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what you saw whenever you watch the tape versus what I saw, and kind of diving deeper into these guys. And when you when you look at the tape, we'll start there. It's, it's hard not to love either of these guys. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, again, our notion here isn't um, why we think one's better than the other. It's the notion of, you know, long-term. If we're, we're drafting at, let's just say, 105, and we're on the clock, and Devontae Smith and Jalen Water are there, who are we taking? Who do we think is going to be more productive on the next level? But looking at their college body of work, um, when you look on paper, there's a lot to love about Devonte Smith, right? You know what I mean? What's not to love about his 117 catches, 1,856 yards, and 23 touchdowns this past season? A monster season. Okay. Don't forget his four rush attempts for and, six yards. And a touchdown. Exactly. <laughs> so there's not a whole lot not to love. Even if you look at the year before when he had Judy and Ruggs on the team, 13 games, 68 catches, 1,256 yards, 
18 yards a catch, 14 touchdowns. You know what I mean? That is insane. 37 touchdowns in two seasons. And even if you date back to his sophomore year, 42, 693, and six touchdowns. His whole body of work, 235, uh, 235 catches, 3,965 yards, averaged 16.9 yards a catch, 46 touchdowns, and not forgetting the rushing touchdown. Can't forget it. And then on the flip side, obviously look at Mr. Jalen Waddle. And if you look at his stats, freshman year, 45 catches, 848 yards, average 18 yards, got seven touchdowns, sophomore season. Again, it's crazy to see some of these guys, how high their numbers were, because if you think back, Ruggs and, and Judy's numbers were super high. It's like, oh my God, like they had a lot of guys over 500 yards receiving last year. Um, 33 catches, 560, average 17 yards a catch, six touchdowns, one rush for five yards. Let me not forget that. And then, of course, this past season, he played in six games, 28 catches, 591 yards, averaged 21 yards per catch. He had four touchdowns. And then, of course, he had three carries for 12 yards, which is, is you know, fantastic. But another thing that to point out here is punt and kick returns. Um, Waddle in his freshman year, 16 returns, 233 and a touchdown. Sophomore year, 2487, uh, average 24 yards per punt return and a touchdown. Uh, kick return also in 2019, five for 175 and a touchdown. Two punt returns, 13 yards this year, four kick returns, 39 yards. Um, that's kind of their whole body of work as, as far as stats go. Um, Stoops, I'm going to let you have the floor in, in what you saw tape wise, because on paper, I feel like this is one of like, it's kind of like the argument with like the water or the Williams versus Carter. If you look on paper, you, you can't help but lean Smith because of those astronomical stats. Right. And I'm going to touch on that in a little bit, but I'm gonna let you have the floor about the tape. So for me, whenever I, whenever I've watched the games, a lot of what it comes down to for me is one is that speed slash kind of gadget player, I guess you could say. And the other one is more of that one-on-one I'm going to beat you. I'm going to go up and, and kind of beat you kind of thing. And with Smith, he's more of that one-on-one I'm going to go up. I'm going to, I'm going to beat you. And what's phenomenal to me is everyone talks about it. And it is a, a area of concern, the 175 pounds, right? I get it. I get that that's a concern. But when you, he even said, if you listen to his Heisman thing, like he's been told his whole life, like you're too small, you're too light, you're not going to be able to do it. You're too, and then he goes out and does what he's done. Right. And this is in the SEC. I'm SEC biased. So there's that. But anyway, um, this is the SEC. And then he's played other top competition, obviously, college football playoffs. And he's just, he's done it. Right. Now, is that because Nick Saban has perfected his offense for the past 500 years and he's going to continue to do it for the next 30? Probably, probably, but it's one of those, when you watch Jalen Waddle, he is so fun to watch, man. He's so fun. He's his footwork is phenomenal. He's able to beat guys off the line and create that separation early. Right. What I loved about Waddle's film is you can get him the ball on a wide receiver screen, a drag route, anything like that. Just dump it off to him. He will make you miss and gain at least eight to 12 yards every catch. Right. In a lot of cases, it's 30 plus yards. He's fast. He's fast. He's fast. So they're two totally different styles of play. 
which I think is definitely something we also need to take into consideration. And I think everyone who's done any type of research on him knows that, right? Smith's got the speed. He's there, but he's not waddle fast. Not a lot of people are. So it's just understanding that the, the, the playing styles are totally different, but they both excel at what they do. Um, so for me, they both create separation. They both have great hands. One of them is just more of a yards after catch. The other one is more of the when the 50-50 balls, right? Still create the separation, but he's running deeper routes, Smith is. So to me, it's just different styles of play. Um, I love both of them. But yeah, like you said, when you look at the numbers, it's it's easy to lean one way or the other. Um, and I actually have, you know, again, I kind of go a little more in depth in certain areas and I won't touch base just yet. But um, a couple numbers that broke it down deeper to where it's not so much go to ESPN and you see these eye-popping numbers. I kind of looked a little deeper and compared them. So I, I do lean one way, obviously, more than the other. But film-wise, to me, it's it, it's pretty pretty equal when you really sit down and look at the playing styles. They both perform very well at what they're asked to do, if that makes any sense. Uh, for me, it, it makes uh, plenty of sense. Um, when you watch, again, when you watch the tape, there's there's some different aspects of each of these guys that that are you know that you, that you like but for me personally in the in the aspect of yes they're they're two different receivers i personally feel like when you watch waddle you are seeing a more complete receiver um i feel like he's better i think he's a little bit i think they're both amazing off the ball they're just they're both their footwork is 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 phenomenal but the route tree, the route tree is where Waddle, I think, is he's he's better. I think they're both very good making the play for the ball in the air. I, I personally feel like Waddle's a little bit better there as well. Um, to touch on the weight thing, um, I had the conversation on Twitter about this. I don't care if you're 160 pounds or if you're 220 pounds. When a linebacker in the NFL hits you, it's gonna feel the same. You're gonna well, get this unless change. you're unless you're Metcalf. Well, <laughs> he yes. just people hit him and they fall. Yeah, exactly. And they just bounce off of him. That's I'm not. I know we're not going that road, but that's just crazy to me. Yeah, the, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be the one knocking someone over when they're running at you to hit you. That's insane. Anyway, exactly. Back to your, back to your thoughts. Exactly. But for me, one of the things that stands out, I think, when you watch the tape, Waddle, in my opinion, is better. They're close, but I think Waddle. Get, I get the. I get the playmaking ability to waddle i do i think that he's he's a playmaker i think they're both play again it's not saying that i'm not saying smith's not a playmaker i'm just saying waddle's better with the football and his route tree is a lot deeper i, I really feel like like you said he takes a a, a short screen 80 yards goes deep 80 yards it, it, it's it's not really one of those it's not an either or thing i think that he could take any you put the ball in his hands I think he's better than Ruggs was. And, and I've been on record saying that I think Waddle will be a better receiver long-term in the NFL than, than, than Ruggs will be. I think he's going to be more consistent. I think he's going to be more consistent in the fantasy world as well, because I think we're going to have the Ruggs where what week, one week Ruggs gets, you know, six catches, 180 yards and three, two touchdowns. And then the next week he has one catch for eight yards. Now, when we look at the numbers, they're skewed dramatically and i'll let you touch base as well but what i want people to understand okay this past season Devonte smith does not have the year that he has if waddle doesn't get hurt 
and I'm not saying he he doesn't end up with maybe 12, 1300 yards because he probably does. You know what I mean? That's what he had last year, and he also had two other guys on the football field with him. But if you if you take a glance at at the stats when both of these men were on the football field together this year, okay, week one of the season, you had the game against Missouri. Devontae Smith, eight catches, 89 yards, average 11 yards per catch. Okay. Flip side, Jalen Waddle, eight catches, 134, average 16, and then the two touchdowns. Okay. Again, both very fluent in the offense, not taking that away because exactly that they're just their involvement. Alabama throws the ball at an insane rate, even though they throw the ball at an insane rate and still run the ball very well as well. Right. They're just, I don't know what they do down there. I, I don't know what they feed these guys, but it's different from what these, you know, what I got fed as a child. Yeah. The Texas A&M game, six catches, 63 yards, average 10 yards a catch and a touchdown for Devontae Smith. Which I'll say was actually, I think his worst game of the season or his second worst game. So go A&M. We did something. We lost, <laughs> but we did something. Jalen Waddle, five catches. 142 yards, averaged 28 yards a catch, and a touchdown against Texas A&M. You're seeing a theme here, guys. I got some more. Now, Mississippi, a little bit closer. But, again, here we go. Six catches, or sorry, 13 catches. This is Smith, Smith. 13 catches, 164. Averaged 12 yards a catch again. One touchdown. Then, of course, he had the rushing touchdown as well in that game. Very impressive, not taking away. Mississippi game for Waddle. Six catches, 120, average 20 yards a catch. Now, obviously, in this scenario, Smith best him in yards. But again, he averaged eight more yards a catch than Devontae. Possession-wise, you know what I mean? That, that kind of shows you the playmaking ability. Of course, we go to the Georgia game, kind of even here as well. Um, I, they were very, you know, 6-161, 11-167. Devontae Smith did have the two touchdowns. If this keeps up throughout the entire season, Smith doesn't have 11 for 203 against Mississippi State. Smith doesn't have 8 for 231 and three touchdowns against Louisiana State. He doesn't have 7 for 171 against Auburn. He doesn't have 12 for 215 against Ohio State. I'm not saying the numbers wouldn't have been there, but I feel like the battle of stats here is the same line as Williams and Carter. The numbers skew to Smith, but if you look deeper, I personally feel like Waddle, a full season, yeah, let's be worried about the injury. I, I think there's some concern. He did come back. I do think it was very dumb for him to play in that Ohio State game. Yeah. But I, felt like, I, I just felt like whoever advised him to play in that game, I, I don't know, I'd smack him or whatever. I wouldn't have put him on that football field. I understand wanting to play in that national title game because that's the last game of his collegiate career. So I, I get that. I get that. And to me, I love that. I love that he wants to be on the football field, but I need you to protect yourself, son. Yeah. Um, well, and, and even not to interrupt, but even like if you look at all the tweets, even these professional receivers and these other like don't like get off the field, get off yeah. the field. And you know as well as I do, Nick Saban wants to win, wants to win. But look what they've done all year with no waddle, right? Mm -hmm. They would have been okay, but it's I think Nick Saban should have put his foot down and said, "Look, dude." want you to play love you you've done great for us but you've got long-term goals here he'll be fine he'll recover he'll be okay yeah but 
the the risk I don't think outweighed. He he did what he needed to do based on his his previous work of you know uh, anyway I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you 100. I feel like somebody could have stepped up to the plate yeah. and said something to him. You know what I mean? Hey, or even if he wanted to play a snap or two, let me get you out there. We'll throw you the ball. I mean, it's his, it's his last game of his collegiate career. Yeah. I understand it. It's the national title game. He wants to win a national title. You know what I mean? I get it. Um, one game that stands out more than anything for me for Jalen Waddle was the game against Auburn in 2019. Um, in this game, he had four catches, 98 yards, three touchdowns. Also in this game, he had three kick returns for 132 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, obviously... Auburn does, you know, end up winning this game. Um, but Waddle was a monster. Had a 98-yard kickoff return in this game, 58-yard touchdown pass, 12-yard um, 12 yard pass to Mac Jones, and then a 28-yard touchdown catch as well. He's he monster in this game. For me, overall picture, you know, and, I, and I'll, I'll dive into that in a minute, but but for me, like I said, if you dive deep into the stats, I feel like Waddle is more of the guy that's going to produce weekly versus Smith. And Smith's a very good possession receiver. His stats went up super high. But the stats are skewed because of the volume of games he played. I don't think that Smith would have beat him in receptions, but the touchdowns number and the receiving yard number would have been very, very much – would have been very lower – and it would have been very skewed to be more even than it ended up being, obviously, with the injury. What are your thoughts on that? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So that makes that makes a lot of sense, and I could I definitely think if he was healthy, I think we would see the numbers a lot closer. But I broke it down also, so I went back and looked at both of their career um, stats per year, and I was curious how many games did they have with ten plus receptions. Which sounds like a lot, right? I mean, that you know, it's, that's a good amount of games or a good amount of receptions to kind of base this off of. But the reason I did that is just based on how many catches Smith had over his career. I looked at that. So Smith had one, two, three, four, five, six games where he had 10 plus receptions, all in total 73 receptions, 1,207 yards, 17 receiving, um, receiving touchdowns. And then you look at Jalen Waddle's side of it, he didn't have any. He had no games with 10 plus receptions and that's where it comes into that. They have such different playing styles. Now, if you look at the yardage, which I guess I could have done that, but in the yardage, it's probably similar, right? Because uh, Waddle has such big play abilities and Smith is more of a volume guy. But for me, when I look at it from a fantasy aspect of it, I'm almost outside of like a Tyreek Hill but that's also because I think the offense caters to that type of a playing style. But when you look around the NFL, how many other guys really that are the speed guys that are the, you know, get into their hands, two, three yards down the field. How many of them are ultra fantasy relevant, right? That's where for me, I think Smith has the advantage long-term 
because he is that kind of possession guy. He's going to get you the five to eight catches a week. Now, it might only be 90 yards, but even with that, we're talking 12, 13 points, you know, for a fantasy week. As with Waddle, if he gets you three receptions, he could get you 150 yards, but he could also get you 20. So now we're talking like five, five to, let's call it, I don't know, 18, 19 points. So it's one of those where for me, I like consistency over the boom aspect of it. Um, unless the fit is right. Right. So it's one of those where if he goes into this, this offense that caters to a, a player like that, we're having a whole different discussion, but what I see right now, personally, I actually, I lean Smith in that, that sense where I'm more comfortable or confident that he's going to get me the receptions per week um we're talking obviously ppr here if we're playing which i don't know anybody that plays standard anymore i maybe someone does i don't know but um if we're talking ppr i'm gonna take smith in that sense where i'm more confident he's gonna get me five to eight i don't see him getting me because we look at it here he had 11 13 11 11 15 12 receptions in those games i don't he could have those weeks you know two three years down the road once he's kind of acclimated to the NFL speed and, and the offensive schemes and so on. But for me, it's when you look at that and then you kind of look at the red zone aspect of it as well. In 2020, again, Waddle wasn't there and Waddle would be involved in that red zone. Yes, he's not necessarily the jump up and beat you 50-50 kind of guy. He can do it, but you know they're going to get him involved in the red zone. You know they are. When you look at 2020, he had uh, Smith had 19 touches, 13 touchdowns inside the red zone. I think that's a number that we're going to see translate. I don't think it's going to be a 68.4, um, you know, translation. I don't think he'll, he'll be that efficient with it. And even if you go to 2019, four touches, three touchdowns, 2018, four touches, three touchdowns. So he was super efficient inside the red zone. They got him the ball and he made it happen. I don't see those types of numbers transitioning to the NFL. I think we'll be closer to probably like the 30% transition, which is still great. Right. But for me, I'm just looking at it in the sense of that from a PPR fantasy aspect. I'm more comfortable having a receiver that I think can get me, again, five to eight receptions a week. Sometimes he'll get you 150 yards. Sometimes he might only get you 50, 60 yards, but that's still double-digit fantasy points. So I'd rather take the consistency than that boom-bust kind of thing. That's just me, though. I've always felt that way. Um Although I loved having Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team, but we've seen it, right? We've we've seen it, and I don't mind spending that kind of capital on a player that we know for sure on the NFL side is getting it done. With Waddle, we don't know his landing spot, so it could change here, you know, in a couple months. He, he could go to that team that is going to use him in that sense and whatever. I, and, and I know a lot of people with Miko Hardman, for example, they felt like he was going to be, you know, Tyreek Jr. And he's had his moments, he has, but it's been that boomer bust. One week he'll get you 20, the next four weeks he only gets you five points. So it's just super hit and miss. So I'm just more comfortable personally going with Smith. But that is no knock at Waddle, not whatsoever. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I do. I, I, I when it comes to me personally, um, I, I feel like Waddle's long term aspirations in, in this game are, are, far greater i feel like waddle's more than just that guy right i think he's more than just a deep threat a a home run hitter and, and i feel like he's going to obviously see the football field no matter what kick return punt return and stuff like that because he's just that dynamic of a player and he's going to get some points that way as well but 
I think long term wise, I do think that he can become a four, five, 50, 60, 70 yard guy. I, I, for me, I just, there's something about Smith that, that I watch. I, I just don't, he's not a wide receiver one, in my opinion. I don't think that he's a top guy. I don't think that he's a one guy. He's, he's the number one receiver on any team. I don't think he ever will be, or I don't think he can be. And it's not saying that he wasn't with Alabama this year because yes, he was. So calm down when I very say that. I just don't feel like with that offense, wide receiver stats are plenty. You know what I mean? That's just that's just what Alabama is as a collective whole. I mean, if you look back at the season as a, you know what I mean? Like you have guys that are going to get consistent amount of yards each and every year. Like you look back at 2019, you know, you had Devontae Smith, 1,200 yards. Judy, 1163. Uh, Henry Ruggs, 700. Waddle had 500. You know, Waddle was the fourth option and still managed to get, you know, 500 yards in that team. This year, if you look at it, you know, uh, um, Mechie had 916 yards. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, it, it's, you know, and then even if you look down a little bit further, you know, guys like Bolden and Forstall, 250, 270. So there's still guys catching a lot of balls. I think there's a lot of balls coming out of the, you know, hands, especially, like I said, you know, it's, it's Alabama. You know what I mean? No. And, and it's going to be interesting. And this is a random question. I'm right off the top of my head. But Judy, Ruggs, Waddle, Smith, how do you rank them? Debbie, just for the next five years. I would go Judy. Personally, I would go Judy, Smith, Waddle, Ruggs. I like that. I'd probably flip-flop Smith and Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Yeah. We've I, also said – Ruggs, not Ruggs, guys. No, no, no. You know, he's – At least with Waddle. So, he, and I'm, I'm not trying to make this now a Waddle-Ruggs <laughs> thing, but they're both speed guys, right? But Ruggs – to me, Ruggs was that one guy. He was the run past your guy and we'll get you the ball. Like you said with Waddle, he has more routes. He can run – that's to me where the difference comes in. So I do think Waddle's going to have a better long-term career than Ruggs. Um, and we, from day one, almost, we were not Ruggs fans. We're still not Ruggs fans. And, you know, he didn't, he didn't do much this year. It is what it is, but um, I think he'll start to find a role. Ruggs will, but um, I don't think he's going to be much of it all. We've said that, but yeah, Waddle's, I think a much better player than Ruggs for sure. It's yeah, almost oh. like the three of them. Space, space, rugs. Yeah, I agree. I, you know I what I mean? Like, that. you can almost throw three other guys in there and then put rugs in. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I feel like we have, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I know I'm more of a Waddle guy. Uh, Waddle's my yeah. number my number two guy in this class. I feel like, I just feel like there's a lot more in this wheelhouse for him. I think compared to rugs, in my opinion, rugs is kind of a two-trick pony. Screen, touchdown, deep, touchdown. I think Waddle has a lot more in his wheel, wheelhouse than I think that we give him credit for. But um, yeah, I, and that's the thing. I, this isn't a knock on Smith. No, I think Smith's still in my top five or six receivers in this class. I do think there's a lot, uh, a couple other guys that I like a little bit more. And, and we'll probably give you guys one more draft rankings prior to the draft. And then we can talk post landing spots. But also here in the near future, we're going to, unveil our first 2020 god it's weird to say that 2022 debbie rankings mm-hmm. or 2022 uh draft and debbie rankings you know what i mean taking all of these guys out of the class you know what i mean we've got a summer coming up where startups are going to start happening and 
and we want you to be prepared for your Debbie draft. So you can look out for that stuff in March. I do believe that's when we're going to transition into a lot more. We'd like to get away from this draft class. You know what I mean? We'll spend yeah. February and maybe a little bit in March on this draft class, but we'll kind of pivot away from it since we've talked about it for the last eight, nine months or whatever it is. But we also want you to be best prepared come, you know, April, May, when you start diving more into these Debbie leagues and doing startups, we want to have the rankings out for you guys. We want to talk about some guys that need to be on your radar outside of the goat Keaton Slovis. But, you know, other than that, it's, it's exciting. You know what I mean? When you look deep into this receiver class, especially coming off the senior bowl, there's a lot of guys to like, you know, and it's not a knock on Smith. I, I mean, personally, I wouldn't take Smith like third overall or whatever. I saw him go third overall to the Miami Dolphins or whatever. I saw I, one where he was second. Yeah, I. sorry. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and I, I wouldn't even go that high. I personally wouldn't. It's, it's crazy to me because when you look at it, it's like I wouldn't take any receiver that high. It's like a running back. I'm not going to take a running back in the top 15, like – you know, even with even if you throw all the defensive players and all of the offensive linemen that we know so much about, you know, all of those guys, once you throw them all together, there's no way I'm taking, especially when you see a Justin Jefferson who blew up this year in the bottom half of the first. So, you know, I'm really hoping that maybe, you know, we can get, you know, a, a Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Waddle down in, in Jacksonville type of scenario. I'm excited about that. That's, you know, give Lawrence all the weapons. We're ja- I'm a Jaguars fan. Well, hopefully, well, maybe if the Urban Meyer's the smartest person in the world and takes easily the best quarterback, I'm going off on a tangent. But Zach Wilson, here he comes. Yeah, exactly. Could you would, imagine? Oh my God, it would be hilarious. I've thought about that over and over again. How like they just throw this curveball and do not like. Could you imagine being the Jets? You go from like, oh, well, you know, we might keep, you know, you prepare for like three months in your head. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to give Darnold another chance. We'll, we'll draft number two. We'll get the, the best offensive lineman or whatever it is. Or we'll trade back. Or what, man, wouldn't that be crazy if the Jets traded back from two and gave it to somebody else? And then like, you know, the, the Jaguars go, yeah, we'll take Zach Wilson from BYU. And then Lawrence would have been there for the taking. Like yeah. that would have been, that would be hilarious. I want to see some draft day style things. That movie, you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's never that crazy on draft day, but I want some crazy things to happen. You know what I mean? Fingers crossed. Yeah. It's like the whole Deshaun Watson thing. I, I, I wouldn't even begin to talk. And about. I wonder, I wonder. So they, Houston's, they've been coming out like crazy saying, we're not trading him. We have no interest to trade him. And he basically says, I don't want to play here anymore. I want out. Does he, does he not show up? Like, does he, the problem with that is he, pull- he doesn't get paid. You know? Yeah, but at, at what again? At what point do you stand your ground and say, "Look, you're you're wasting my time," kind of thing? Now, now he's wasting everyone's time, and they're wasting his time. I don't know. It's just the whole thing. Like, how how adamant is he about wanting out? Oh, absolutely. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's one of those crazy things where you have to, you know, kind of ride that fine line, and it's weird because like, I I, I yeah, it's just well, weird to me. And the difference is between like previous like holdouts is. He's still under like his actual contract, right? Oh, Other ones we've seen. One. He literally yeah. just signed one. You know, other I mean? ones that we've seen have been like the player tag or the franchise tags and stuff like that. That you know what I mean? To where That's it's like, oh, we'll give you this one year before. thing. So he's like, like he's, he's still got all the leverage. I'm like, where? Yeah. So I don't know, but imagine what they can get for him. 
You know what I mean? I don't disagree. I don't. Disagree. I'll tell you, Houston's not. They're not a team that's close to anything. Like they're gonna. There's because of Deshaun, in my opinion, because of Deshaun, they're kind of that middle of the road team. Absolutely. Like you're not gonna do anything with that. You know. So at what point do you? Because they don't even. And that's the other thing. They gave all their freaking firsts away. They they're not gonna get anything to help build for the future. Like so, I don't know. At what point do you just say, look? we don't have enough draft capital to really help this guy out. We can get a massive haul for him. Assuming yeah. they want to take over a contract. Yeah, I don't know. I just think at some point they've got to really sit down and think we can move him. And, and I know we're going on a huge tangent off of the, no, but the whole it, thing. But, but I just, but I agree with you, but like on the flip side of it, at what point do you say as like an NFL team, like that's too much for him. I, I can't see giving three first round picks for Deshaun. Look, the crazy thing, like Adams, Jonathan, or uh, was Jonathan Adams, right? No. Went to Seattle for two first round picks. Jalen Ramsey went to the Rams for two. For, so if a cornerback and a safety are worth two first rounders, what is a franchise quarterback worth? Well, but a lot of these other trades that I've been seeing, like when I saw with the Jets, they gave up Sam Darnold. And I think what the second round, the second overall pick, and then some future, or like some like sixth round and whatever. But like, I don't I know. It's going to take at least three first. And then if, if it's going to take me three first, then I, I have to, I think I would have to withdraw. Unless you are somehow the Saints pull a rabbit out of their hat, a team that can literally be a quarterback away, right? Yeah. That's, that's the only instance where I'm considering, like, I'm in a win now scenario. Like that's the only way I think that I would even approach th- three, three first. That's like mortgaging your entire, that better work. You better win a Super Bowl. Yeah. You better. Yeah. I don't know. We're on a tangent here. Yeah. It is what it is. That's what we do here. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how Deshaun Watson got brought up, but I don't either. it is what it is. I don't but know what I did to bring that up. Neither did I. I it, it is what it is. We, we, we're crazy on this podcast. Everybody knows they've been listening to us for, you know, two years now. They know that we, Go off the rails. Sometimes. As soon as we said to Sean Watson, they said, "All right, guys." I said, <laughs> "Debbie, this is a Debbie <laughs> podcast, boys. Shut it down. Shut it down. We don't listen to you guys for this NFL stuff." But thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast again this week. We do greatly support each and every week how you guys are continue to support our show. We got a bunch more of these versus shows coming in the near future. I'm excited. Mac Jones versus Kyle Trask in the near future. That's going to be a fun battle. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Etienne versus Najee. Um, we might even dive into Zach Wilson. I haven't really dove into his tape a little bit. I think we what I think we would have put Zach Wilson versus Justin Fields. I think was the show that we're t- no it was Trey Lance. Yeah, Trey Lance. That is. Maybe we'll do a, a Fields versus Lance versus Wilson podcast just because that's kind of the next guy. I think that might yeah. be a good show. Look at that. We're creating shows while we're talking about shows. So. Make sure to head on over to Twitter and give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valero underscore. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.